Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this episode, Brian Gorman interviews Mark Ruth of the International Coaching Federation on the topic of coaching within the context of change management and the differences between high-performing organizations. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. My guest today is Mark Bruce, Director of Research and Education for the International Coach Federation, or ICF. Since joining ICF more than a decade ago, Mark has been committed to developing and expanding the ICF's presence as an industry thought leader. His department has unveiled more than a dozen global industry studies on the coaching industry since 2006. Prior to joining ICF, Mark served as market research analyst for the National Tour Association, where he managed an economic impact study of the North American group travel industry. So Mark, before we get started discussing your research on coaching and change management, would you tell us a little bit about the International Coach Federation? Sure. Um, So I think the ICF uh, has now been around about 25 years. Our anniversary will be next year. And most people know us as a nonprofit member organization. Uh, But I'll tell you, we do a lot of other things. Um, Obviously, we do industry research, which is why we're together today. Um, But we'll also um, accredit people who deliver coach-specific training will accredit that training, and we offer an individual credential for coaches. Um, And then, of course, we do these wonderful events around the world, too, where all the coaches and people interested in coaching can come together. And how big is ICF? Uh, We have over 30, I think we're up to about 34,000 members now, and and just about every part of the world. Uh, We're very international. Um, Only about 45% of our members are in North America now. Um, so everyone else, um, they're, I mean, critical mass pretty much in Europe, uh, Latin America, Asia, and Middle East is a, actually a really uh, rapidly growing region for us. Great. Thank you. Last year, ICF and the Human Capital Institute undertook a study that looked at coaching within the context of change management. Where did the idea for this research come from? Well, I got to tell you, um, ICF and HCI, you know, the Human Capital Institute, we, we've been research partners for about five years now. And um, typically, we will start every year with a study on um, building a coaching culture and really how to, to uh, empirically validate what we call a strong coaching culture. But then beyond that, we'll really um, try to zero in on a, on a subtopic area. And in the past, we've explored areas like employee engagement, uh, millennial leaders. Uh, and then, again, last year, we did uh, building a coaching culture for change management. And, you know, Brian, it's one of those things where um, I think everybody, all of your listeners will understand the pain of change is pretty much something that all organizations you know, have in common and, and there are good solutions for that, but we really wanted to learn more about how coaching is being applied either as a, a modality or an accelerator uh, for navigating change. So um, in that ICF is a large international organization, very complex going through our own set of change management initiatives. It just seemed like the time was right to 
explore more about the coaching cultures phenomenon that we talk about all the time and really how that intersects with change management. Mark, could you tell us a little bit about how the research was conducted, who participated in it, and so forth? Mm -hmm. So among the things that HCI does, uh, they also hold events and are a membership organization, but they have their own research team. Their members, whereas I said ICF currently, the typical member would be a coach practitioner, the typical member of HCI would be a human resource, talent management, learning development practitioner. And so we use the research team for HCI to deliver the surveys to where we complete these studies. They also do qualitative research. So you'll see focus groups and in-depth interviews, um, the outputs of those also making our final reports from these studies. But primarily, we always will at least do a survey of these members of HCI. And uh, I guess when the dust settled this year, we had more than 400 organizations had weighed in on the survey. Um, these people ran the gamut. I told you learning and development and HR, but we also had some participation in this survey from internal change management practitioners, internal coaches, and then also some project managers who worked um, dedicated to, on change teams within organizations. Great, thank you. I have a long history as a change practitioner and a history over the last several years as a coach. One of the first things that stood out for me in the research report were the differences between what you identified as high-performing organizations and others relative to the role that change management played in those designations. What would you say were some of your more important findings around this aspect of the research? Well, this is really, um, this is explained in much greater depth in the final report, but I will just say that HCI on really all of their surveys will, will create an index of high performing or HPO organizations. Um, they do that so that on all the subsequent questions beyond identifying those organizations, they can run some correlations and decide on whatever topic the survey is exploring, how have high performing organizations performed in relation to those that are not. And so for this survey, what I can tell you is um, it wasn't a huge percentage of the organizations, but about a third of those 400 organizations did in fact work for high performing organizations. And when, it, when we asked them the other questions on the survey, we were able to determine that those organizations were more confident that their people could succeed through the change. And that's everything from the planning the executing and, and actually sustaining the change. Uh, and also, um, they were just very candid about they were more successful in achieving the goals of their change management initiatives. Uh, they ran, you know, every everything you would imagine a, a change management initiative to be, these organizations were experiencing multiple uh, change initiatives, sometimes simultaneously. And really, without Without exception, the high-performing organizations, if you look at how they perceived the success, they far exceeded their expectations by and large compared to those that weren't high-performing organizations. You looked at the role that, that various learning and development activities played in change management. For me, as again, as, as a coach and a, 
a, a change practitioner, there were important findings here as well. Could you talk about some of those findings, Mark? Absolutely. And we touched on it earlier. I mean, one of the things that we, the ICF, really wanted to get at is how is coaching being introduced into an organization specifically to deal with change? Um, but it would have been unfair to only ask about change management activities that were coaching related. So what we did is we presented the, the respondents with an array of activities, everything from classroom training to um, leadership face time, stretch assignments, assessments, but also including uh, four different coaching activities. So like a one-to-one -one coaching engagement with a practitioner of coaching, team coaching. Um, and then we also have this, you know, growing phenomena of managers and leaders who are not coaches, but leveraging a coaching skill set. How are they interacting in these conversations? And what we found was, um, at least when we asked all the organizations the things they were doing, coaching wasn't really used as much as we had hoped. Uh, in fact, some of the more traditional activities like classroom training and web training and meeting with leaders, those things were used, those formal learning activities were kind of used uh, at a higher level of incidence than were the coaching activities. However, one of the more interesting findings was when we later asked the respondents to tell us how helpful each of these activities were, well, the coaching activities really rose to the top and they showed great levels of success compared to uh, other types of activities. What do you attribute that difference to? Well, I think it's multiple angles that could be explored here. I think just in general, uh, people who are coaches understand that coaching is a natural fit for change. Uh, you know, you don't have to have something negative you want to improve. It can be just something where you want to be uh, more effective in your role. And I think when you think about, Brian, the things that we learn on this this study, and also I think the, your listeners would agree with, the things that cause change to fail almost unilaterally inside an organization are leadership not showing up, you know, advocating their responsibilities, employees resisting the change, uh, and then really the, the thing that crosses all sectors is just ineffective communication about the change and coaching is really good at helping all of these things you know coaches we have coaches who are experts in leadership presence and building resilience and team communication so it it just seemed like it was a natural fit for these activities to to do well and i used the term accelerator before because i don't think any of the organizations we talked to were only using coaching but they are starting to introduce it probably a little a little slower than what we had hoped, but when you compare, if you categorize those activities into, into terms like formal learning and peer learning and coaching, by and large, the coaching activities significantly outperform those other categories. Thank you. Mark, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you've been doing research around uh, creating a coaching culture uh, for years now. How would you define a coaching culture inside of an organization? How would you know if you had one? Well, I can tell you, Brian, that this is defined many ways by different people, but the way ICF and the Human Capital Institute have defined it and validated it 
for the last five years is through an index, um, much like this high-performing organization index that HCI does. We also do have collaborate and create a six, an index of six different criteria. And if you think about it in terms of, of the buckets that these index elements include, you have two of them around valuing the coaching initiatives inside the organization. But we'd make a very clear distinction between the stakeholders who are valuing. So it, it has to be all employees and then again, not the individual contributors or managers, but the senior leadership. So we want to see that through employee surveys or ways that they collect feedback about the coaching, both the employees and the senior leaders say that they have strong value for the coaching activities. Then you have um, an element of standards that are in place that we would call um, accreditation of training. So even though you have multiple modalities of coaching, be it internal or external, what we like to see is whenever the internal modalities are being used, that there's some recognition that the training for these individuals, either foundational or ongoing, has been accredited by a standard setting body like the ICF. And then the other elements are really about how it's being delivered and in the context how pervasive it is. So if all three of those coaching modalities are being used for different people, different levels of the organization, and for different purposes, then that is an index element as well. Uh, and then there is um, notion about how coaching is being portrayed as a, as a standalone element. And, and we look for the coaching activities actually having a dedicated line item in the budget for the organization, um, typically in the training budget. And then finally, um, you know, a, a good element to look for is that it isn't just coaching being received at the highest levels of the organization. It's not just the C-suite or the SVPs getting the coaching. It's really that all employees have an equal opportunity to receive coaching from a coach practitioner. And if um, those six elements that I described very briefly, if an organization can indicate positively in five of the six, then we would consider them a strong coaching culture. And in this most recent survey, about 15% of the organizations uh, did in fact have a strong coaching culture. And, and of that 15% mark, did they tend into, again, the high performing organization classification in this study? I can say, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, there's a strong correlation that the strong coaching culture organizations were more than twice as likely to also be high performing organizations. And, you know, not to get in a great bit of detail about the HPO index, but it's essentially organized into two domains, talent outcomes and business outcomes. So if you think about the strong coaching culture organizations, they were outperforming in these talent and business outcome domains relative to their peers um, and, and among those outcomes that are on the business side is large-scale strategic change. So I feel like it's a, not only a natural fit when you think about change and coaching being used uh, together, but even at the system level across the enterprise, these stronger coaching cultures are, are really just managing change better. Mark, are there other findings out of this study or, or your other studies that are important for change practitioners to be aware of? 
Well, I, I have touched on most of the high-level findings, and I will say that the final report we have available, which is 30-some pages long, I mean, it's going to give you more context around each of these areas. We just simply didn't have time to talk about it today. But I will say that, you know, it doesn't really matter how coaching is introduced into an organization, whether it be from the, the, the top down or from the bottom up using some form of coaching seems to have a positive impact on the people who receive it and the feeling in the organization that the senior leaders are really listening and caring for the well-being of the stakeholders and change stakeholders if they don't feel that they're a part of the the change and they're being uh, talked from the senior leaders they're being talked down to and, and here's what the change is going to be and trust us this is what it's all about then it's probably going to fail i mean we've seen the statistics so right. um, my my big takeaway is they're already trying these other traditional things they aren't as effective so why not give the coaching a try uh, and here's some evidence that might get them off the fence great thank you one last question where can change practitioners find out more information regarding your this study and, and the other studies that you're referencing? So all of the suite of studies around a strong coaching culture that we've done with HCI are all available in the same place. Uh, if they come to the ICF website, and our website is coachfederation.org, O-R-G, but do at the end of that URL, hit forward slash coaching culture, it will be a landing page of all of the studies we've done since 2014. And I should also mention, Brian, that we're getting ready to launch a brand new study. Uh, it'll launch on May 20th of this year, and it's going to update the index for strong coaching cultures and really be the first retrospective that takes us back to the foundational study we did in 2014. So if anybody that is a human resource, talent management, or learning development practitioner would like to participate they can come to this same url i just gave you and uh, they can uh, find out more information on how they can participate okay thank you a lot mark this has been really informative thank you brian and i really appreciate the invitation we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the change management review podcast with brian gorman managing editor of change management review and mark ruth from the international coaching federation be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.